0: Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about dungeon crawls. Do people really like to play that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's Jolene's commentary on that one. I gotta admit that when I first started playing D and D, we did have dungeons and I remember and I've talked to you all before about how I would draw all these, you know, dungeons and on graph paper over not the same one, but I would just have sheets and sheets of dungeons that would come up.
0: He's a true nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, and I remember telling you all that I don't remember being in that many dungeons, right? I remember playing in them a little bit, but pretty soon after we started playing, I mean really soon, my brother took us out of the dungeon and we were doing a lot of overland stuff. Every once in a while we'd go into a dungeon, but dungeons were still like you know it was part of the name of dungeons and dragons so obviously we had to make dungeons so i would always i mean i would have this like, what, like so no
0: a, matter what they were doing so i'll make sure that he, that he was making dungeons to keep the world even <laughs>
1: you know i was planning on running games you know i was gonna run a game and a simple game is a dungeon right so i would i would come up with all these dungeons that you know on this graph paper and i would and you know back then well Maybe today till still, you know, grab paper sometimes came on like on a pad that they would had a yes. little glue stuck on the top. So it was like a little, so, you know, I would draw a map and get another piece, you know, flip the page and draw another one. Now they weren't usually complicated because do what I do remember about dungeons is that we would map them, right? It was always the, the mapper and the mapper and the GM had to have this like Unagi, right? This, this communication link. That they had to have because you better
0: make sure, because otherwise you ain't getting out of that dungeon.
1: Well, just to get, just to be able to draw out the dungeon as a player and not get lost, right? And that, and we never, I don't, I don't think we ever did get lost or anything like that. But another, you know, I, my brother wasn't the type, but a GM could be the type. Well, if you're you're the one that drew the map wrong, so uh, sorry, you're lost. And so he never pulled that one on us, right? That you know there was a mistake in the, in the mapper's map. He was very cognizant of being able to draw the map just by verbal.
0: Felipe is very good with that, telling you exactly how many squares to go and stuff like that. Right, and so we
1: developed a system where we we would know, you know, I'm sure everybody had their own way of describing their dungeons. But my brother thought it was really cool that it was very modular, right, in a sense. For example, all his hallways, for for the most part, were 10 feet wide. And of course, you know, on your map, 10 foot wide you could just use your one middle, square One square, and then he thought that the best map he is a mechanical engineer the best the not the best map the best room size was a 30 by 30 room with the door centered on the middle part of the 30 by 30 room so then you would easily be able to draw it and you wouldn't have to ask well what part was it on the south corner of the door is no it's in the middle boom
0: if i was the gm i would do that too because I would be tired of being asked that question. <laughs> right? And then all the doors were always in the middle, right?
1: Or oh, there's a root there's a door on the other side of the room. Where is it? It's directly on the other side of the room. It's on you know, there was north and the west and the east and north, east, west, and south. Oh on the south side there's a door in the middle of the room.
0: So <laughs> doors aside maps very, aside. Very important in a dungeon crawl. Why would you go into a dungeon? Because to me, I don't like going into dungeons.
1: Well, it's treasure, right? I guess. That's the that's, big thing. I, I
0: don't know. I'm asking you. It
1: had to be, right? Anyway, so, you know, tri- tri- down trip tri- down memory lane. So we didn't... I don't think we played that many dungeon crawls as a group. And we must have gone down into dungeons quite a bit for my brother to come up with his 10-foot-wide hallways, 30-by-30 30 30 rooms. And we had this way of talking, Right? okay, the, the hallway goes 60 feet and it ends in the T. So instinctively we knew what that meant and then we go down okay we look at okay the t to the to the west goes 30 feet and turns north the hallway to the to the east goes 20 feet and turns south so it was very important for us to know how to get out of here and what and that make sure that we had you know explored the whole dungeon so we obviously did a lot of dungeon crawls in a certain sense but I don't remember I don't just don't remember them that because much. because
0: they all kind of run together because you're just opening doors killing things and taking their stuff
1: there's that of course my brother was a little bit more brainy than most I guess and he would always come up with these reasons why there was a dungeon right Well,
0: see that's my thing <laughs> if you're gonna go into a dungeon you need to know why and I had no idea that so many people liked dungeon crawls because most of the people I play with don't go into dungeons.
1: (laughs) In real life or in games?
0: (laughs) Both. Okay. But I was, when doing the research for this one, there's like, some guy asked, what is the best system for a dungeon crawl? (laughs) And he got a lot of answers. Of course. So depending on what kind of dungeon crawl you want to have, like this one guy says, this is the system and the reason you would use it for a dungeon crawl. <laughs>
1: what system was it?
0: Pathfinder. Okay. I wish to craft the ultimate character and slaughter my way through dungeons, watching my death machine become even more dangerous. Because yes. Pathfinder's yes. A, a crunchy, a, okay. a, what do you call it? A munchkin? What do you call munchkin? it? Mini Maxer. Mini Maxer system. And he's a D&D 5th edition. I enjoy exploring character options, but... Efficiency is not nearly as important as an interesting variety. I want to tweak my character is fun, but I just want to enjoy the powers presented before me. Then there's something called labyrinth Lord. Yeah. I want the crawl to be a struggle. I want even the reward at the end of the dungeon is, isn't your character (laughs) that gets you through to the end of the, of your group's planning. It's the, in the end but your group's planning so i guess that one is very hard and then um dungeon crawl classics oh yeah he says f it 30 peasants enter and five ragged <laughs> heroes emerge i want my crawl to be dangerous but also unpredictable the whims of fate can be most cruel or most kind yeah the, uh, and there's several other f- ones. Uh,
1: just recently somebody in our group i think it was mike mm-hmm. was talking about dungeon crawl cl- classics and Asked me what I thought. And I go, well, the whole idea is they have this system called the funnel. That's literally what they call it. Where you get a group of adventurers or not even adventurers because they're zero-level characters, theoretically. <laughs> you totally almost spit out her coffee. And when you put them through the funnel, you put them through this dungeon, I guess. I don't even know what it is. And basically you are going to kill off, as a not the dungeon master, but out of let's say you get five characters – Four of them are going to die because just...
0: Well, how do you play a game with a, with a group of people like that? Well, you just do. You just, do, you, do you make a new character when your character dies?
1: Well, no, you just, everybody goes at the same time. You control the whole group. So Oh, you make a bunch of characters. Yeah, you make a bunch of characters at the same time. And it's called the funnel. You get the funnel. And then the, the one that spits out at the very end is your character, your first level character. Then you go from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's and, and it uses all kinds of funky mechanics. And I, I think it's I think it's considered a OSR gay type of game. A what? OSR. Oh, old school revival.
0: That's old, not what I heard you old say. Old school renaissance. That's not what I heard you oh. say.
1: Okay, so yeah, so there's all those things, right? And and to me, I was like thinking back in when I when I played in dungeon crawls or when I played in dungeons, I was the term crawl wasn't really. I remember it being That's probably
0: that. a, a newfangled term. Yes.
1: And I remember my brother always had some ideas of why there was a dungeon, right? The the, the biggest dungeon was the tunnels of terror, I believe is what he called it. Not, probably not the most imaginative game. I mean uh name. But in his world this mage had come up with this dungeon and had in, you know, inhabited it with all these monsters and he would to find like the heroes of the realm, he would people could go down there and adventure and loot, you know the, the bodies of the dead. You know, slave. it's not a, it's
0: it's it's not a very unusual thing because having just read the Dungeons of the Mad Mage <laughs> and run the run it for a very short amount of time and only a couple levels of the dungeon. That's basically what it is. A Mad Mage made this yes. huge dungeon and there's all kinds of crazy things in it.
1: Now I obviously I mean this is like way back when he was talking about this and I'm not sure he knew I don't think he had maybe read, he had maybe uh, he had
0: seen the Tomb of Horrors or read about well, it. Well
1: we had talked about the Tomb of Horrors a little bit. So what's funny is that my brother came up with this tunnels of terror and yes, we probably had talked about or knew about the one you just mentioned. The Tomb of Horrors. T- of Horrors. The tomb of horrors Sorry. Right. And and I'm sure Waterdeep, uh, Lee, uh, not Lee Greenwood, uh, Greenwood was his name, I think, is his name. The person who came up with Forgotten Realms, he they were writing about stories about Forgotten Realms. Now, I don't know if the Mad Mage ha- had somehow been already, uh, in a book, had already been mentioned. No idea. Or whatever, I have no idea. But he had come up with this idea that this mage had set up this Tunnels of Terror to test... Uh, people he wanted to join into his ranks, I guess. So he would pick out people who were survivors and offer them a job. Though he, I don't think we ever got offered a job. So I Which think, is
0: probably a good thing.
1: <laughs> what was funny is that we usually went into t- tunnels of terror when we were low on money, right? That was like the only reason we went. <laughs> because like it was a... Remember I told, I've i yes. lamented about the cash-poor society that it was. Yes, And adventuring was... Well, it wasn't good business.
0: <laughs> I think I think that that that's a very good idea that Felipe had, the idea that things are not you don't get uh, magical items and lots of coins all the time. It was
1: it was tough. And so that was the existence for that and so th- that was always there, right? If we wanted to go there, oh you got you know, like if you guys are don't have something to do or you guys don't know what to do, or what adventure to go on, or what quest to do, or my brother didn't have any ideas. We could always go into the tunnels of terror, and adventure that way. And it was a it was a neat little respite from the adventure that we were doing. Whatever on his this is a world. And that you got to kill up. things and, and we, take, and their, take stuff. their stuff. Right, and so and because he used the the what is it?
0: And when I say that, I mean they're monsters, not actual people.
1: Right, right. And so he used the actual tables to roll the 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 loot which I think he must have changed, Fudged. right? Because when we were in original D&D, when he ran that game, we had wagons full of stuff. And I mean, magical stuff.
0: Right? Well, that's probably why he changed it. <laughs> but that you, was... you were greedy little bastards. <laughs> well,
1: he didn't want to make the same mistake, and I couldn't understand that. But it was like, he went totally the opposite direction, right? So there's that. So the Tunnels of Terror were there for us to... Go in anytime we wanted to. But for the most part, our adventuring was outside in the real world, solving problems or creating them, depending on which way you want to look at it. Dungeon Crawls weren't really a mainstay of our game. We were never involved in this, what now is termed the Mega Dungeon, right? Never in our wildest dreams did we ever.
0: But obviously the Mega Dungeon shows you that people enjoyed those kind of games, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, I guess, and they they wanted to bring it back, so they did. And it's I don't know if ever really left. <laughs> they may have not left it. I don't know, but it's pretty pretty interesting. The idea that you, you for there's a reason for you to go into this dungeon, whatever it is. Usually, if Saul has a dungeon or ruins or a cave thing that we go into, it there's a reason to do it. Like the bad guy is in there. The there you have to rescue somebody from a from one of the rooms in the dungeon and you don't know which one or you need to get rid of these rats that are terrorizing a city and this is their their lair. Now
1: that's another thing that's the second thing I have on my notes is is there has to be a reason why these things exist. So in the Tunnels of Terror it made total sense that this wizard was testing is, is the people the adventurers for their hardiness and their prowess in battle. Now a mega dungeon in the middle of nowhere, I mean it sometimes it doesn't make usually if someone's gonna make a mega dungeon there's gotta be a reason for its existence but for for the most part all I used dungeons for were like ruins like a crypt, a crypt is a you know, a great place for a for a dungeon, e- even a small one, I, I've never really made I never really ran large dungeons, even though I remember I even mentioned it recently, where I made a dwarven underground city that had been abandoned, kind of reminds me of Moria, even though I had not read the Lord of the Rings or the movies. And I mean, this is when I was a kid. So that was about 14. So this is probably 1919 to <laughs> the last millennium. Uh, 1967 plus
0: 14 is
1: <laughs> <laughs> 1980 something. 81. 1980, When I was in. Uh, well, you can't see it, but I'm staring at it. like 82. he
0: really should be able to add <laughs> things together. More, so, yeah.
1: So Moria, Mor- I made this this this, this uh, underground dwarven city, and it, and it was filled with these like interesting. You know, it kind of reminds me of Moria. Wow, it's, you know, I must have been a genius because because I had like these bridges that would like the dwarves had made it so that they could raise the middle part of the bridge, like you know, suspended, so they couldn't. Some people couldn't cross it, or the enemy couldn't cross it, right? And they made these. They you know maybe it was just ideas from different books I read. Yeah. And then they had like these areas where like, the the bridge was really narrow, right? So you would ha- you know you couldn't like f- have a huge army, you know, come across it. So they so they had all these uh these archer or crossbow areas that you could shoot into the bridge under prote- under under protection. Like uh, I guess they used to call them murder ho- holes in the uh, in like forts uh, and stuff where you can shoot down into like the front gate, and it would make it hard for the enemy to shoot back at you because they were basically like tunnels. They were slots. Slots exactly. And so I did that kind of stuff but the doors were all gone right so I was gonna make it into like this exploration with all these traps and stuff set because when right. the doors the left they set up all these traps now I never got to run that game uh for whatever reason I don't remember why I didn't But I have
0: a notebook full of it <laughs> so
1: I have a so I, I mapped up this whole dungeon and I and I put some stuff in them but the stuff was like like mold right stuff that would that didn't need to, like, live, you know, go hunt and stuff. You know, there was, like, a centipede that had broken through one of the walls, and a centipede's a monster in D&D. This is D&D. So, but there wasn't, like, bugbears in there and orcs and stuff like that, or, you know, s- sentient beings in there. There were mainly monsters that had just broken through the walls or somehow got in there. You know, there wasn't, like, rooms full of bugbears in one room and well, orcs in another.
0: The the Mad Mage has a whole... A whole um area because it's underwater, deep right well there's a, a, a something called skyport or something port i can't okay. remember, a star port i can't remember exactly but there's a whole city there where there's these bad guys that like a whole gang of them that live there sorry if i'm doing any spoilers but i didn't I, I didn't like the idea of the dungeon it just freaked me out too much to run it, <laughs> especially on roll 20 because it's very, very confining. but um, there's a whole world down there of these people who and there it's underground but if you think about it when you're talking about the the cavern for the for the dwarves, if you really think about it, when you, I have run where you have to go down into where the elves are, the dark elves and the um, and you go in is it Eberron? everyone
1: has it they, they have the, the well, Underdark
0: yes the Underdark that's what it's that's called Forgotten yes. Realms and there is a place that you that you can get to it yeah so I have done that where you've just gone in a little bit inside where you could right. get to it and you had to do something right same with um, that, so, so there's usually a reason that you need to go in there right and if there's bad guys in there it's usually because they're trying to either come out or that's where they're They are, and they're doing their nefarious stuff, and they're going to cause great trouble in the world. Or the elves just want to take it over, right?
1: (laughs) The dark elves. Well,
0: yeah. Right. Okay, so. Because they think that, that, you know, everybody has messed it up. I'm saying this because he's trying to read something.
1: No, no, I'm just thinking that what I wrote, and and I'm thinking, you know, dungeons can be interesting, right? They can have a purpose. You know, think about it. You know, uh, the pyramids were crypts and they were like dungeon like yeah. you know and they put traps in there for robbers yeah. now they're not as extensive or expansive as as in the fantasy realm but if you could if you could make a crypt or a monument to a dead king with the ability to, of of fantasy creatures right to cut stone or make tunnels and you know use magic and special abilities then the pyramids could could indeed be really complex underground things and even already if you look at some of the the
0: pyramids are really complex, they really are complex but they're right they're not necessarily underground
1: right and somewhat the they dug quite a, you know they have all these chambers and stuff like that and and they could be you know can you i can only imagine how expansive or how in-depth or how trickery how tricky you know People would be if they had the ability to, of magic and magical creatures to cut stone, to make, you know, burl and all these other things that that is possible.
0: Well, I know that um, Indiana Jones didn't come out until 1981, when? I yeah. believe. But but if you if you think about the even the first that was scene, very inspiring. For that was brother. very inspiring for for all kinds of people. But right? Felipe really
1: loved that movie.
0: Well, and not only that, but it gives you. He's in where where was he? Central America? Yes. South America. Central America. Where where he goes into the to the to the um the temple. The crypt, thing. The temple yeah. And those traps are like total like what D and D has, right? Right. And so the, that's like a visualization of what you've been playing for ten years. Yes. Or not ten years, five years. And then so so the idea is, is amazing. I never really thought about traps until I saw people play the Tomb of Horrors and then I was like Oh, because Saul doesn't really use traps. No, I don't. Because <laughs> he doesn't like them, I think, because he probably got destroyed by some of them in his younger <laughs> days. I don't remember But dungeons have lots of traps, and one of the things when I was running the dungeon crawl... I, I, it wasn't a crawl. The dungeon, the Mad Mage dungeon thing, right. is the, the the thieves or the... What do you what call them? Rogues. Rose. They kept saying, okay, I'm going to go first to check for traps, and of course the paladin just ignored them and just went right on ahead. <laughs> that was me, by the way. Which was probably a... a Good or bad thing? Because I kept telling them there aren't any traps. There aren't any traps because well, that would take a lot more um, time for me to do.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, it just didn't make sense, right? Because th- these these dungeons are there's this... a lot of people traipsing through them. Exactly. And so I go. Those, if there was any traps, they would have been triggered long ago. And those beings are skeletons, rotting, du- rotting, t- turning to dust. So I was. It was foolish of us to to take the time. And I was quite ready to t- fall into any pit trap or spike trap or whatever my character was because he wanted to get out of this area. No, out of the darkness, <laughs> right? So it was very interesting. I really liked it. I It kind of harkened me back to the old days of playing D&D, uh, original D&D, and A uh, Since then, like I said, since 3rd edition, I don't think I've other than some minor little crypts that I've taken the characters into. I, I have taken, but I've let I plan the characters to go through or encounter. My I nothing like a dungeon have I ran for anybody. I, no. I don't think I've ran a dungeon for no. the kids or you or no. We we did go
0: speak. into crypts where the where the the dragon's skull was. Yes, and, that was my famous, yeah. and
1: it wasn't a expansive. It was no. literally a crypt.
0: But the kids really enjoyed it because there were traps that you had to be careful, like not to get into the coffin and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't know at the time. Well, well, probably not a good idea to get into the coffin. <laughs> oh, Ian she thought it was. Well,
1: he was also what fourteen or yes. something like that. So uh, you thought it well He was, yeah. And so I think when we look at dungeons in an imaginative way, I think it's they're pretty cool. Now you mentioned the mega dungeon. Now that's when the believability kind of for me comes down. You know, because like there's these dungeons now that are coming out and I don't know where the concept came from a mega dungeon. I mean, I didn't, I'm sure there's some reach. I could do some research because, uh, because they're super popular. It seems like to me.
0: Well, the, and the levels just go like the one, the mad mage one, it goes down a lot. At 20th light. More than that.
1: Oh, okay. So I know there was this, there was, I mean, they've kickstarted some, some mega dungeons and they're thinking about kickstarting more like dungeons that take you from one to 20th level, a yeah. dungeon. That'll take you. To, so all your adventuring, your whole gameplay takes place in this dungeon as you go from one area to the other. Now, I'm not saying that some of those are not imaginative, imaginative rooms and imaginative areas and encounters, but you, you know, probably want to go
0: outside and see the light of day every <laughs>
1: once in a while. I'm just saying. Exactly. It's like it's like how, how long could you, you know?
0: Well, if you think about it, and you're running these dungeons and you do one level per session or something it would be kind of cool but that would be 20 sessions of this yeah
1: you're talking about 20 weeks and, maybe. and we're, we're talking about
0: you it would be like Half a year you would have a hard time <laughs> doing a whole floor if you if you can't see where you're going and stuff like that right oh on um, floor i mean a level of a dungeon so depending on how big the, the dungeon is And right? but the but but the thing is like um if they're creating these huge dungeons there are also all kinds of things like there were things in the Mad Mage that you guys never even saw because he didn't walk that way. Right. So I saw,
1: I saw because unfortunately you, I have, you were using my account. Yes, I know. And when I sign in, I always sign in as a GM yes. automatically. So I, boom, you know, I see all the maps and everything. And then I, I rejoin as a player because I'm a player. And then, of course, World I,
0: 20 takes a long time, so I get to see all of the stuff. things. I was like, holy crap, this place is huge. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Which, you know, I, I might take Which a... I
0: can see, uh, if you go onto YouTube, there's this guy who gives you all the spoilers, of course, but he tells you about running, and he might even have the live play on, I don't know. But, um, but... Oh, how to run the Mad Mage, <coughs> right? Yeah, I think you did, I was, uh... he did it. He he did it as he was going. He had just got it right. So I I did it. I, I was watching him because I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do because I got this book and I'm like going, well, we got the book. I might as well run it. And these guys are really high level, so they'll be really hard to kill. But um, it was a it was a very interesting interesting thing. And there's all kinds of plots and different things. So it's not like you're just going in to kill stuff okay. and take their stuff. Yeah, but. Really, that's what you end up doing, right, as you come across crazy things and stuff. But but it's an interesting idea. You could do it if you can. I wouldn't suggest doing it on Roll20 myself because <laughs> it's very – especially with the dynamic lighting. Because I was looking at what Augustine was seeing and what Saul was seeing versus what the GM is seeing is totally different. Oh, yeah. Because when you have dynamic lighting on, then you seriously – are not seeing anything except what's in your 60-foot your vision or your 120-foot vision. And
1: then and walls block line of sight, right? Yes. So it's all black. And and if there's like a, a pillar, it, blo- it blocks.
0: And that kind of freaked me out more than anything was looking <laughs> at Augustine's screen because we're sitting next to each other on computers. And I'm like going, okay, I wouldn't want to be in that dungeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's exactly why dynamic lighting is so cool because let's say you have a real big long round pillar in the middle of the yes. room. Yes. And there's a monster behind it. And, and it, you really can't and see when it. it. And when you move your token, you know, all you see is the room. And, and it's really interesting. I, I don't know if any of you, how many of you know what dynamic lighting is. But it's like if you had a light source, like a flashlight, it would show you a cone of light in front of you and if you have a torch it surrounds you but things block the line of sight like if there's a wall if it's a pillar uh, anything and so what happens is as you move around there's this shadow that moves along with the with the with the, along with your token so i think it's super cool and, and that
0: is one of the really cool features yes. of roll 20 and i'm sure other tabletop simulator thingies online virtual tabletop, virtual tabletop things <laughs> yes they have, have the same kind of stuff it makes it more believable that you're actually in a dungeon if you're playing a dungeon it really gives you that feeling and it was an interesting aspect to me because then I'm like going oh my god all these games where Saul has said okay go in there into these ruins and find this i'm like i never liked it in the first place (laughs) because i'm a little claustrophobic (laughs) about these things but when you can actually see it on the screen and you're seeing you're going oh my goodness this is what the players are seeing as the gm you're seeing the characters yeah well and the players oh yeah yeah the as the gm you're seeing everything the whole map and everything and you see the people moving around and stuff but as the player. Or the character, if this is what you're seeing, I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> I
1: remember, yeah, because with dynamic lighting, on we were
0: everybody kept I saying, "I can't see," and then trying to figure out the dynamic lighting is another thing if well, you if yeah. you're not used to roll twenty and right. you haven't used it before.
1: Yeah, that was a little tricky, but once you got it going, like we would go around the corner and boom, there was a monster right in front of you. <laughs> we're like, "Oh God!" and then, like it was just fantastic. I think it's really neat. I think dungeon crawls
0: on a virtual tabletop have add a, a three-dimensional yes. kind of a, a thing to it right right even though it's two-dimensional well because you know because what
1: happens in a i guess you could do it on a tabletop if you use terrain and like oh you want to go around this corner boom you see that you and you plop down a, a figure in front of if you're using figures and right stuff. right but uh but
0: that would take a oh that would be i mean it's hard to plot it out on on roll 20 but can you imagine having all the little monsters set up so people can't see them so you can pull them out yes as a, that's
1: what i'm talking about yeah and i think some people do it but uh, it's very difficult and i think roll 20 or any virtual tabletop that has dynamic lighting a dungeon crawl really adds that element of surprise of wonder and like you said claustrophobic because like you know when you're down there you can only see what 30 feet in front of you and then you can and then like then then it has like that fading right where where it gets dimmer and dimmer as, as it gets a Away from the, I'm telling from you sports. right now,
0: players don't like it when they can't see what's in front of them because they kept going, Are you sure you have the setting right? Because, and then Saul somehow got attached to one of the other players and could only see what if they were next to him. Otherwise, all he had was a black screen. Yeah, that
1: was, uh, I was, yeah, I don't know how
0: that happened. I'm sure it was me because I am learning how to do these things on Roll20. That's true. But it does make it, 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 it does give it an interesting idea. So, uh if you're interested in it and you really want to run a a cool and you have roll 20 and you're not you're not opposed to spending $60 on a, on the virtual book to have all the maps <laughs> after you just bought the real book <laughs> to look at then go for
1: it. Was it wasn't 60 bucks was it? The mad mage?
0: Yeah. Oh no, on on roll 20 it was like 39. Yeah, 39. The book was $60. Oh
1: yeah. The re- real book.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, you we know, we like supporting our local game stores, so we buy stuff every once in a while. I think when when uh, I just actually was thinking about it, that roll twenty, roll twenty. But any virtual tabletop that has dynamic lighting, and you you use that ability in the in the virtual tabletop and run a dungeon crawl, I think that is really cool. Because some some tabletops, some virtual tabletops are really neat, right? They'll have they'll have a really neat dynamic lighting, right? Where where you can see in color and all these other things and and it just really makes it an interesting interesting game i think that if i was to run it i would want to run it on a virtual tabletop before i run a dungeon crawl on a on pin a, and on paper the table. Yeah, pin and paper because you know the, you forgo the mapping you forgo all that stuff because the map is right there you, you know now you can move your token and then you're like, okay, which way do I go? Just Even if the characters forget, which, they can't forget which way they go, they still have the map. They can still run around. And if they take a wrong turn and go into an area that they haven't gone to, thinking <laughs> they're trying to get away because they're all hurt, and they go into a big room which is full of monsters, even better.
0: Well, <laughs> and if you do run it on a tabletop, um, D&D and Pathfinder and all of them now have those tiles. Yes. That, and right before covid i bought a bunch of them <laughs> because i was running something with this giant cavern and it was really really cool i made my own map yes from um what is it the dojo the something uh, i can't remember to... it it's been a while because <laughs> we've been in covid lockdown stuff but um, there's a place where you can go online and make your own dungeon and it's really cool because you can tell at the level and all kinds of things and it's random and it Populates it with monsters. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah. That's a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I told Saul well if because we we're running for a group, and I needed the tiles. I didn't want to have to draw it out on the hex paper or the, and right. So I got all kinds of stuff. I got paper to draw it on for, and then I, and then also we did the, the I got the tiles which was really cool. I never got to use the tiles, but I have them all now, and then so i could see how that would be exciting to do and I, so that might be why people really like dungeon crawls the idea of, of especially if you're doing it on tabletop or virtual
1: well i mean the, the, if you go on youtube you can make your own tiles, right? Dungeon tiles, like a straightforward dungeon, like when we, my brother, would run right. dungeons—the ten-foot-wide r- hallways—and they would have a, you know, he would have twenty by twenty rooms, twenty, you know, all yeah. these different. sizes. You can go
0: on Etsy too, and people have already made them for you. Right,
1: right. It, it, oh, yeah. And so you could just plot down these little tiles, yeah. and then you know, and then my, you know, my you know, people with three D printing machines oh, now, yeah, they can make doorways and all <laughs> kinds of terrain. I and mean, in fact, my brother was making doorways for some. Some board game that he had where where the door would like literally swing out or open. Well, he got
0: that 3D printer, so he might as well use it.
1: Correct. So uh, I've been thinking uh, for years and years when... Don't uh, start. Just
0: don't start.
1: (laughs) Anyway, years ago when 3D printing first came out, I thought about buying one, right? But they were really super prohibitively expensive, at least for me. They were like $3,000. And since then, they've gone down considerably. I think you could probably get a real nice one for about 300 bucks.
0: Well, I know that your other brother has one that he hasn't actually used because his daughter told me that he yeah, hasn't so used still in, it. Yeah, it's still in the box. And it's still so you the... might be able to get it for cheaper. <laughs>
1: yeah, but his that's the that, that's the one that, that yeah, yeah. Anyway, so now they have all kinds of different technology for for how to make uh, how to three D print from using the the old style where you just get these these yeah. wire and he basically draws the thing up. Or now they got that that it's like a liquid pool that yeah. kind of of really surreal that it,
0: it's kind of scary yes and uh, but it makes the whole the whole thing cool right yes and you,
1: you can, can it takes time i mean i know i know uh one of our friends uh verne he has like three 3d printers yes but he was start when he went on lockdown he he goes <laughs> i'm gonna 3d print so he has like 3d printers and he's always you know they go down and he's fixing them and stuff so i, I asked him about 3d printing and he gave me a lot of good information so that's always interesting. So three D printing tiles you can make your own out of cardboard tiles out of cardboard. And you can
0: paint. go to YouTube and there's guys yes. who
1: do all of this stuff. There's, there's lots
0: of them, by the way. Yes,
1: and it could go as cheap or as expensive as you want. You do
0: know when I say guys, I I mean everybody, right? Oh, exactly. Well, yeah, all right, I
1: forgot guys is now like dudes, and dudettes. There's no more dudettes. There's no dudettes. Okay, so I think you, dungeon crawls are pretty cool but i don't know if i would want to run a mega dungeon except i mean playing one now running one i think i might you know,
0: i think you would have fun i think i would it.
1: because like i think what our players our current players that with we were we, the minimaxers the maxers would love that kind of gameplay yes play, they 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 testing do testing their their metal against these monsters although
0: jason said that he really didn't he doesn't really like dungeons cuz it's kind of it's I mean although he it's interesting and but you're you're stuck on on a track, right? You're, it, <laughs> if you'd want to talk about railroading. <laughs> this is the ultimate railroad. But but you know what you're getting into, right? If you if you go to play in a dungeon, right. dungeon, right? Unless you've never played D&D before, <laughs> then good luck.
1: So for me, I I probably wouldn't want to play in a massive mega dungeon. I wouldn't mind running one simply because I know my players are, like I said, mini maxers, and they would love all these, the the myriad amount of creatures and things that could, they could fight in it, you know, find and defeat and really have fun doing that.
0: I think the best hybrid way to do that is like what Felipe did with you guys have this and and you could do that with the, the mad mage dungeon, right? Because it's underwater deep, you know how to get to it. And there you could have missions outside and inside that someone needs you to go and find something
1: right so Some, you know somebody's gone missing one of you know their their sister adventure has gone down and hasn't been has missed her two and they week, have uh, so
0: much stuff in that dungeon dude you could go to any level you wanted and find whatever you uh, need right
1: yeah that would be a problem is finding a mega dungeon
0: yeah you would need a map that's for sure
1: so i think dungeons crawls are interesting i think they kind of fell out of favor and for us that we didn't really do dungeon crawls and certainly didn't do mega dungeons but uh, but I think they could be fun, and I think uh, you know depending on what kind of players you have and what kind of gameplay they like, you could certainly do. Them.
0: So you should definitely try it. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul so, Angeline. You have a good day.